We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. But now I want to um, move on to our excitement that we've been expecting the McClurkins who serve in South Sudan. Children, remember, back in the summer, I showed you this really dirty bottle of water, remember? And I showed you the slides of the young man or the young boy who had been taking care of the goats, his family goats, and all he had to drink was dirty water because his well was broken. Remember, this is uh, the Toposa tribe that is in South Sudan that um, the McClurkins have been building a relationship and a friendship with for over seven years. And they finally, this tribe, their elders finally allowed them to begin teaching their children about Jesus. And so I came to you with the the need and the opportunity, and you overdid yourself, your generosity, children, the giving of your allowance, the saving of the coins and the dollars, all proved so beneficial that we were able to send a check for $759. Isn't that exciting? $759 to the McClurkins. They had the, the well repaired, and they're going to tell you who received the glory and honor for it. And now the, the children and the women and men of the Tuposa tribe drink clean water from the Lord. Isn't that exciting? Well done, children, and well done, Christian heritage. Now, let me share with you about the McClurkins. Real, real, I was showing you the clean water. Oh, well. Um, a couple of years ago, um, y'all sent me to a missions conference up in North Carolina, and during this conference is when I met Greg LaToya and Ethan McClurkin. And I got on their, um, their uh, emails and would receive every month their newsletter. They were so faithful and continued to be so faithful to communicate the work, their needs, the challenges, their victories. And I would read their news, newsletters every month and pray and thank the Lord for their commitment to South Sudan. And last fall, I presented their ministry and their work um, along with Mark Milligan and uh, to Pastor Steve. And I said, could we prayerfully consider beginning to support them in January? And we all agreed, yes, we would like to do this. And so we began supporting and sponsoring the McClurkins this past January. Now, back in 07, 10 years ago, Greg had his first trip to South Sudan along with his pastor from Tennessee. They um, were introduced to the Taposa tribe. And at that time, they did not know that this tribe was one of the most feared tribes in that region because they were constantly uh, conducting cattle raids and overpowering and overruling other tribes because they needed water and food for their cattle. And it's truly out there is survival of the fittest. And so Greg and his pastor entered in and started this relationship and food, sharing of food with this tribe, not even knowing. 
But Holy Spirit knew. Holy Spirit took them there. And Holy Spirit knew that the darkness that was in that tribe needed to leave and the light of Jesus to come and enter into those families in that tribe. Greg had such a strong desire to return to South Sudan that he quit his secular job and began training and preparing. And during that training time, he was sent to Johannesburg, South Africa, where he met his lovely bride, Latoya. And then they married and went back to South Sudan and continued to work with also Hope for Sudan. And he oversees that compound now that has church and a school and um, building projects and a medical clinic. They continually uh, rely on Holy Spirit's leading and directing them as they reach out to the different tribes and people of that area. And we're so grateful that we're a part of their ministry. And before LaToya and Greg come up, they would like to share with you a video that they prepared. And then at the conclusion of the video, they'll come up and then um, share with you uh, slides from their ministry. Please begin the video. My name is Latoya, this is my husband Gregory, and this is our beautiful son Ethan, and God has called us to South Sudan. It's like going back in time, probably about a um, hundred years. Uh, I've had friends that come over and say, you're wrong. It's going back in time 500 years. Uh, the heat, the temperature, it's just hot. It's too hot. And then never mind the snakes, the cobras, baby, were huge. About 80% of the trees in the vegetables has thorns. It's already a harsh place, but it seems like you don't, you don't get a break anywhere. When I come out of my compound, it's already it's already rolling. It's, I mean, I'm meeting people as soon as I walk out of my gate with immediately needs. Then go to the devotion from devotion to clinic, and then in, uh, in and right after that, of course, I had a building team. Always, I had a builder there, and I have like 12 to 16 workers a day that's building. The average building will will take about five thousand. Like the cement blocks, like the center blocks, uh, there's no such thing as buying them there. Uh, everything is material is raw. We store by just purchasing sand and cement and uh, stone and gravel and things like that. There's no pre-bought anything. We have some block molds, and they uh, they actually make hand make all of our, our blocks with those. 
our school is functioning like daily. Uh, we, we do have trained teachers. Most of them are coming from from uh, Kenya. On a daily basis, we are probably uh, averaging about 200 like students a day. Actually, the first day we started school, every, everyone was just one one class, and there would be some from two year old to 20 year old, and that, and it started in a uh, like a pre K really. And uh, which works out good because now we've been there, I think, for seven years, and and we are up to grade like six now. I can remember uh, at the time when when we first went, there was no English speaking people on that compound that I knew of, big or small, very rarely on the first trip. But now it really blessed me because when I left and came back in 2011, I was gone for like a, a year or so, and uh, they all just greeted me in, in English. And, uh, and most of the language you hear on our compound now is English. And not to say that we're trying to colonize them or anything like that, but I'm saying at least with, with that ability to speak another language beside their mother tongue, it gives them another opportunity to, to go outside of there. These kids walk one or two miles, one to two miles from the villages. And most of them are bare naked, you know? And just... Um, for them to come there, they come with this expectation. They're not coming to receive food or anything. They come to receive the word of God. And it just breaks my heart, you know. They've got nothing. Some of them are sick. And yet they look forward to coming, you know, just to Sunday school. Yeah, having a clinic here is really is, is important. And that's one of the things, even though I don't have any experience in medical, but I really push and see that being uh, one of the top needs and, uh, and draws there also. Just small things, you know, like uh, malaria. There's uh, no telling how many kids a year die um, from it. It's no joke, I can say. I, I've had it myself, and I, I thought I was dying. I, I wanted to. felt like I wanted to die, really. I, I felt I never felt that bad in my life. But there's just a lot of other small, you know, diseases that's like that, that that the clinic can really, really have saved probably thousands of lives. Uh, food, that's that's a big issue. Uh, a lot of them are hungry in the mornings when they wake up, and they're not crazy. They can smell me cooking food, and <laughs> and how can I say I don't have anything to give you? We do have a feeding program. We feed them lunch. And now the government, I learned, uh, is uh, they're actually providing breakfast now to also. They're giving them porridge. So we actually, we have a couple hundred a day that's coming. And they actually do get uh, free breakfast and, and lunch also. But that, is just it just draws on you. And, and that's what I deal with really uh, daily. Which is, I, I, it's hard for, for me to answer that. It really is because it's it's pretty much all it's all bad and it's and it's all sad. You live in that environment for so long, you just become hardened about a lot of things, and you know that's just the way of life. And if you try to fix every small thing, you you see there's there's no way. My uh, hope would be as we continue. On the spiritual side first, we, we we understand that and we know that, but we do need to on the humanitarian side. 
do something that can can couple with the spiritual side so, so where they can go to other countries and get educated and come back and be able to take care of their family and not just be beggars from generation to generation and generations. So it all works to, to, together, really. And that's, that's what I'm actually doing. It's fighting on their behalf. It's not about making a big name for me and me being a mission, me even being, you know, so-and-so-and-so. It's really about those, those people. Good morning, church. Is everyone okay? Are y'all happy today? Well, I'm nervous, so if you're happy and you smile, I'll be okay. Uh, If you don't, uh, I'll get tongue-tied and sort of mess things up. It's uh, amazing to be here. Um, I was just sitting and thinking, a month ago, we was worshiping in our church with no floor. There's no floor, no sound system, as you saw, I think, at the beginning of the video. That, that, that was actually our church. We did get a new one just a couple of weeks before I left. But it's just amazing uh, to be standing here. I think I left South Sudan, and like I say, we're worshiping with a drum only. No sound system, no nothing, no microphones. And here I am today standing here. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, so, but we thank you all, and thank you for having us already. Um, which just it's just awesome to be here. I have a lot to say, so but I'll let um, I'll let my wife Latoya. She wants to open, I think, with prayer and share scripture, and then we will we'll come back and show you some video slides. Okay. Uh, greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Um, we so we so thankful for this opportunity. Um, like Miss Ann said, I'm from South Africa, so if you don't get my accent, just say amen. Sometimes I say English things and I don't understand it. Uh, but before we pray, I just want to say thank you to Miss Ann. Um, she's helped me go through Bible school. And I say she's not only helped me, but you've helped the village. Because now I can go back to my people and I can go to South Sudan and I teach them about Jesus. Amen. Uh, before we start anything, can you just bow your heads and close your eyes and let us just welcome Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. Daddy, I just pray for the service. We just commit the service into your hand and we just say, have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. We just say, Father, you just have your way, Father. We are merely vessels and we just thank you and on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, before I give it over to my husband... Uh, we are all familiar with Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, um, and it speaks about the Great Commission. There's four things. It's go, make disciples, then you baptize them, then you teach them. But most importantly, something that stood out to me was, Jesus says that he'll always be with you. God has called us to South Sudan, but all of us are disciples. Amen? Whether it's in Walmart, whether it's in your backyard, you have been called too. And what are you doing about the Great Commission? Amen? And we are so thankful to be here. Um, We've been in the field for two years. We just got back. 
and we'll be eternerating and going to different churches. Um, but my husband was very, very busy. <laughs> As you can see, I have a bump. I say my husband was very, very busy <laughs> while we were in South Sudan. And he's going to share more about that. So we'd like to go to the slides. Okay, yeah, thank you. Well, thanks again. Don't go nowhere. I need you to pray for me. <laughs> well, thank you all again. Uh, like I said, it's just good to be here. Uh, but we will, we have been, we've, we've, we left the States a couple of years ago. And so the ministry, the slides that we're going to show you is, 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 is that time that, that, that we had left uh, for, for this couple of years. I've been there since 2007, the first time, so there's no way I can go back in, in the time I have now and share all the things that have, that have actually gone. So just, um, uh, I guess we'll start. I'm nervous. Y'all just keep me in prayer, okay? We're not used to church, the fancy church. We're just not. And so I'm just, to be honest with you, and real, and uh, I'm just not. And besides that, I, I do have a uh, stuttering problem. So that's not half and none either. But, uh, but I'm dealing with that okay. And I'm getting over that. The Lord is healing me of that. Uh, last time we was home, I'm telling you, we, we had a tough time. I did. But, but that's just how it is. You know, I just, you know, just trust in God for it. But anyway, so um, we'll just go to, go to the slides. Um, one of the ministries that uh, let, let me say about starting this ministry is is quite different. This is a um, compassion ministry, and I didn't realize that until last year or so because I kept asking the Lord, why am I keep going back there? Every time I come home, I says I'm finished. I'm going back to work and, and move on. You know, I've been there and done that. But I couldn't understand. I wasn't seeing a whole lot of fruit, but me being there and building a lot of buildings and all that. But it came to me, it didn't come to me in the spirit, that this is a compassion ministry that the Lord wants for these, um, this particular tribe um, at this time. So we do preach and teach, but we, but we preach and teach in a different way. Um, so uh, this is what this, but everything we do, these ministries at the end, it really points to Jesus Christ. And this points to what we are what we are doing is building. This was this work is a brand new work in South Sudan, and this is it's a completely. So we had to start from uh, from scratch. So there was nothing there. We just give us a big field, an open field, basically, and says, okay, this is y'all's. If y'all want to build a church in there, you go ahead. And uh, but if you build a church, you need to do something for the people. In the village, so you start us a school, and I said, "Okay, if it's like that, then that's what <laughs> that's what we would do." And so, so that's how this ministry actually uh, like came about. Um, but, but but it is that, and so we're still in the process of um, of building a leadership. There was none, and so this make our ninth year, and uh, and so finally, finally, the fruit is started to actually show after after nine years. So, but if you see it, uh, you you won't see me doing a lot of preaching and all these kind of things like that. But like I say, uh, our ministry is different. We 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 work on the side of the clinics and schools and um, and things of that sort, and digging wells and, and several things. But this ministry was one of the ministries that that we started last year the i'll keep looking there there's one here this this was a children children's ministry 
Um, this ministry got started. I was just in a hotel a year or so ago, Eden. It's not like a hotel here. It's just a dirt floor place. You go and they cook some food and whatever food you cook that day, that's what you eat. And so it's usually uh, goat meat with rice and beans or something like that. And so this particular day, uh, I was eating and just beside of a small window there. And I would notice these small kids reaching and picking grains of rice up off the table where people would eat. I mean, literally, just one. If you drop five pieces, there would be four or five hands rushing inside of the window to, to grab this food. And so I was just sitting there that particular day. I've seen them for a long time, for a year or so. But the Lord that day just touched me. My eyes was open. And it was just like, you know, Greg, you could take some of those boys to your, to your compound. And so I'm like, well, I'm already have 20 and something people sleeping there. These other boys I'm working with. And so, but anyway, at the end, at the end of the day, so this is how this ministry came about. So as they was, as they come on my left, that this is a picture that like the first day they actually arrived. And, and this is how they actually came just like that with, with nothing on. Um, well, I mean, with, with only the clothes that, that they have on, uh, they had no, just nothing. I mean, that's, that's basically it. And, and so that's how they actually came there. And this and the other picture is them nowadays. They've been there for a year or so. But uh, in the, not only do we bring them there, they have um, we, we have somebody that sponsored them out of the states, another church. And that church is 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 sponsoring them. And they, they do get get a couple of meals a day. They've got uh, clothes. They got school clothes now and so on and so on. So but but, but these boys are doing very well now. And these are <laughs> um, and I realize that they will be leaders in the church. And so the Lord is not thinking like me. I'm thinking I need leadership today. I'm getting old and I'm ready to leave Sudan, but I have nobody to really to take over the church yet. I'm working on it. But 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 so so thank God that we we did take these boys on. So we still have uh, we have six of them uh, now. And there's another boy. I'll tell you about his story next. Okay, we'll go to the next slide. Yes, yes, the, the, that's them now. The, that's them in, in the village. The good thing about them now, we, we started our, uh, a Sunday school in the village on Saturday evenings. This place is in the bush, I'm telling you. It's at, at the end of the earth. And they're small kids, and I'll tell you a story about that. But, but th- that's these boys also, the street kids now. They've got enough, enough God in them. And let me tell you, it, it wasn't easy. I thought I would just pick these kids up and, and give them a good bath and give them some clothes, and then my work was done. But these kids was addicted to street life, ministry. I mean, they was really had to have a lot of counseling. They was addicted to glue. They was addicted to the, the glue, sniffing glue. It numbs their stomach and it takes away the hunger and pain. So that's what they say. So they just put a bottle and slide it in their shirt. And you see them do like this in their sleeve. And you'll never see the glue bottle, but that's what they're doing. And so that's what it does. It just numbs their senses to all the pain and takes away their hunger and everything. So this thing is addicted to them. It's very highly addicted. They're addicted to the smell of town. They're addicted to the scraps, the table scraps. And I asked them, well, why do you leave one? And this boy said, I haven't tasted a cigarette within a week. And this is little one that's kneeling down in front of us. Well, we've already passed. But I'm saying if, if, if you keep them in prayer. So a lot of things I'm telling you, these are points of, of prayer, okay? I'm not, 
bragging and going on and on about it. But, but I'm saying these kids need prayer also. And it wasn't just as easy as picking them off the street. It's the same as picking up a homeless person here. A lot of time they have a lot of issues and baggage. So keep those in prayer also. Uh, this is a boy, Carter Center. He's one of the boys that I picked in with him. I picked him out to tell a quick story about him. This one was left in the village by his parents to actually die. He had a case of um, TB, and he couldn't get the medicine he needed. He was all swole up, and there was another NGO was working there, and they found him there beside the road, and so they took him back to their compound, and they kept him there for a year. And he had such a case, they had to get drugs from here, for, from, um, for, from the U.S., and so, but that NGO was leaving out of, out of that area. And so they asked me to come in and take this boy in. So, so that's another ministry. It's not a ministry, but it's, no, it's another good thing that the Lord is doing. We're able to save this boy's life. He's very active in church now and very good. But you pray for him also. Um, his TB came back. Uh, about two weeks before I left, I didn't realize that he didn't finish his treatment. His face started swelling up. And so we took him to the local clinic there. And they said, oh, we remember him very well. Uh, he didn't finish his treatment. And so this treatment, it's not like you take two or three pills for a week or two. It's six months. So he has to take three doses of medicine for six months. And it's just like any other boy. If he's like mine, they don't like doctors and they don't like taking any kind of treatment. So you keep him in prayer. But when I left, his swelling has gone down and he's done very well now. So uh, Village Sunday School. This ministry we started um, last year also. And the way this one got started, I was, I was invited to go to a meeting in a village. We was having a joint meeting of the government and the chiefs and the church leaders to see how we could uh, help the uh, situation in the village. A lot of calorating was going on. A lot of bad things was going on there and say, hey, this has gotten, gotten out of control. So they called the three uh, organizations together. So they invited me to actually speak on the behalf of, of, of the church and actually our compound. Now, uh, this Toposa village is on one side of the river and town is on the other side. And we are on, like I said, we are on, we the, we're the only established uh, organization on that side. <laughs> Everybody else was afraid to come there. I didn't know it at the time, but they didn't want to live among these people. It's a God and it's true. Uh, they feared to go there, and nobody else is still there. It's just a blessing uh, that, that they let us come there. And uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a long story, but the, the Lord tricked me. I always laugh about it. And I, he knew I never known anything about mission. I didn't know. I was just going to help out, I thought. And, and, uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, I went to that, I went to that meeting. And uh, not that I participated in this, but after reaching there, they had done, they was in the middle of doing a sacrifice, an animal. They have had about a 2,000-pound bull, and just like in the Old Testament, and they was going to do offerings for their, for their ancestors and forefathers and things like this. I did witness this type thing. I mean, they cut this bull up, and they had a burnt offering, just like it talks about in the Old Testament, offering to their ancestors. And then also they had a um, blood trough 
with fresh meat and full of blood that they drained from this thing and that was set out in the sun that was offered to another god or something. I mean, this thing was crazy. Uh, but anyway, at the end of it, they, they did give me a chance to go up and speak and all these things. And But what came out of that, uh, I did ask them about coming there and at least teach the small kids. And so that's how we was able to come back there. They said, yes, there's no problem with that. I mean, you're welcome to come. And so they did. And so we only have about 30 to 60 kids. But but my thing is, if I reach those 30 or 60, even 10, you know, with all of this that's going on, at least they would have that seed planted in them. And they, they'll know there's something else going on besides what they're seeing there. And really, the Sunday school is on the exact same spot that they killed and sacrificed this animal at. So now we go in there every week and, and having a Sunday school class with, with these small kids. So thank God for that. Okay. Internship program. That's another ministry we kicked off this year. This was World Missions. This is part of their. Um, this is part of their program where they send interns out now. If any, you have any youth, I've been telling everybody if you got a teenager that's unruly or something that may need a reality check, you send him to me for the summer. <laughs> I can just, I assure you, bring him on. <laughs> <They'll>, <laughs> they'll come back a different person. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but these these teens came. And they done great. They all came from the U.S. Uh, the youngest one, the boy, was only 17 years old. And I remember, man, when I was 17, I was still turning flips in the front yard. I wasn't thinking about mission, but these guys have a calling. They know they already have a calling for mission. And so they actually come there. And this program is good. We have a lot of different ministries there. They work with the street boys. That's their, their, favorite, their, their favorite thing now. That's one of our biggest. It's the smallest ministry, but people love it. They love working with, with these boys that we take in off the street. But they, they work with those a lot. They teach choir. They teach Sunday school. They teach drama. Uh, they sit with, with our boys. We have 16 boys that we, that's in our discipleship program. And so they work closely with these boys also. They're teaching them uh, songs. <laughs> They're teaching them new songs to sing in church and this thing. So, but if you have anyone, if you, if any youths here, if you're interested in coming over for the summer when school is out here, you're welcome to come. You come, I'll, I'll feed you good. You tell I don't miss no meal. <laughs> I gained weight when I went to Africa. Isn't the Lord good? <laughs> anyway, okay, we'll go to the next one. Uh, yes, that's them there. Now we have work for even brands. Uh, I do a lot of billing. My actually calling there was actually the, the billing of the buildings. And, and so uh, that's a long story, but maybe another time. But anyway, that, that's what my calling was when I first went there. I think it's, it's starting to change a little bit now. But all the buildings are actually built, overseeing the building from the church up. So we have uh, like 11 to 12 buildings now there that, 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 that I've pretty much built now. But anyway, that's what these interns are doing. Some of us is teaching there also in the church. Okay. That's them there, uh, just hanging out with the street boys, going to town. They're very active, these was. We have a soccer team in our school. As a matter of fact, they sent me a message two days ago. We just won the championship, the boys and the girls. just ended last week. They sent me pictures of our trophies. So that's pretty good. 
uh, and that's, that was him there. That was him just, just hanging out, uh, eating at one of the restaurants. This is actually where that ministry had started at. There's some windows sitting beside that table, and that's where these kids was coming and begging and, and just picking up grains of rice and things off the table. And that's them, there, I think, doing a drama. Um, Hope for Sedan Primary School. That was in 2008. In the video I had mentioned, um, the class started at one class. This is that class. This is the first day I opened school. And this is how our, <laughs> our school looked. Doesn't look like much of a school, but that's the way it actually started. Uh, you have the young and the old. Some was as young as two or three years old, being bought in by their siblings on their backs. Of course, they wasn't attending school, but they was there. Then you had guys that's 30 or 40 years old sitting in the back. And But listen, they've been in a civil war for 20-some years, so there was no education. They weren't allowed to go to school uh, at the time. The people in the north was not allowing them to go, the older guys. Anyway, so when school opened, the government says you must accept everyone. So if you can't read or write, you have to start to say, like everybody else, if you can't read or write, if you're five years old or if you're 50, you still have to start in kindergarten. So that's what these guys have done. So some of these guys, uh, now they did not complete uh, all the way to the eighth grade as we have now, but they, they got enough English in them that they can learn to write their name and speak some English and at least greet. But some of those kids are, some of those kids are still there. So they just finished graduating last year. But anyway, this is part of that class. This was another good thing. Uh, each year I would add a class. We started kindergarten. I've been there for nine years. So this was eight years last year and I graduated the first class from, this is primary school. There was a total of 16. All of them are not there. But uh, we, we, we actually graduated, and we started a sponsorship program that's coming up again. You'll pray about that. Once they finish primary, they go on to high school, and they can't really afford it. It's not like here. It's not free. It's almost like paying uh, t- uh, tuition. It is for college or something here. So, so for $100 a year, uh, a person could... Not that I'm asking, but I'm just saying that that's what it costs for a year. And so we was able to give out 10 scholarships this past year. They graduated in, in December. And so uh, that's part of that program. Hold on one second. There's no way of going back to the other slide, is it? These girls was part of that program here. I want you to see them because this is very important here. Uh, we have a sponsorship for the girls. I sent... I have six now in boarding school in a different county. It's a big thing because um, the girls usually are um, end up in marriage at a young age. Uh, the father, you, you know, wealth is cattle there. Money is not a big thing, but the wealth is in cattle. And so what was getting ready to happen to these girls here... M- let me start. Um, they was getting ready to be sent back to the village and married off. The father had already started. People was coming to look at these daughters. Really, at 14 and 15, this was, this was uh, last year, and they was a lot smaller. They've been in boarding school for two years now. But anyway, uh, these two I uh, talked their father out of, and I didn't trick him, but I'm a country boy from Tennessee. Uh, be honest. <laughs> so I said, now, a girl in South Sudan will get 
between a local girl, 30 to 50 cows. And cows is not cheap. They're, they're almost the same price as in the U.S. Now you add that up, that's a good chunk of money. Uh, you know, if you get 50 cows for your daughter. And so that's what this man was looking at. So I said, now, you're not thinking. Uh, if you let them girls go to college, let, I mean, to a boarding school, let me send them to boarding school and you get an education. And now those girls, you'll, you'll get 200 cattle, which is true. I wasn't lying to him. But I have to make them, bring them around to let them see. You have to work this thing, as we say, uh, to get these girls from their parents because they, all they look at is, these, is, 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 is this cattle. And so, but these two, for sure, sisters, uh, they live across from our compound. That's a road that they was headed. And there's no, there's no life for them. I'm just telling you. The men do pretty much nothing. The women fetch all the water, uh, get out every day, border for food, look for the firewood, cook, whatever else is needed, take care of the kids. And uh, usually the man, his responsibility is the provider for the family, which is okay. And he take care of the cattle. And really, he gives that out to the young boys. If he has any son, they the one do. So he's pretty much sits on a tree all day playing these games. They do really and talking to friends and talk about important things. So they really have a tough time. And not only that, they don't marry somebody their age. They marry an old man like me. Now, that's the truth. Uh, a 14 or 15 year old girl will marry a 40 or 50 year old man, sometime even older. And so that's a problem. Now, this is what bring about these small street kids. Because that man, when they marry so old, he dies off in <laughs> 15 years. And so now uh, the wife is left with four or five kids by this old man that's dead. And not only that, when he dies, his family and brothers, if he has brothers or uncles, they come and take all the cattle and everything and just leave the wife and kids. So she has to go out and try to find a living, scratching out of dirt, really, from nowhere, bartering, um, trying to raise chickens or whatever, getting firewood, taking it to town and selling, whatever she can do to feed those kids. And so the kids are left alone in the village all day, hungry. So that's how they end up becoming homeless kid they 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 just they run away so basically so it's not like these kids was um uh all of them was they don't have parents because they do but it's just this situation they, they, that they that that made them uh just this cycle and so that's why i really push hard to get uh get you know these girls like away from there from their home so you keep those girls in prayer. Also, also the boys there, they're standing with Latoya and Ethan. These was pretty much the same way. These boys was able to send to Kenya. This is my leadership. <laughs> Lord willing, I'm praying that these boys will go to Kenya and come back. Some uh, two of this is their the, the third year. I just sent another two, and so they're in Bible school, the same place that Latoya went. Two of them are. And so uh, we send another two each year. We're trying to send two to build up leadership for, for the church. I tried to bring in leadership from Kenya and from Uganda, uh, boarding countries, but it just did not pan out. Uh, we, we couldn't support the pastor and his family. It's a hard place. They couldn't bring their families there from Kenya. Their family wouldn't come. 
you know, and stay that long. And so that's the only thing what we actually could do was just have to start over. And so this is part of uh, this is part of our program too. So we have some other boys in Kenya studying as well. Okay. This is Lauren Hefker Senate. You want to talk? Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't say like I'm doing it all. Uh, uh, this is the health. Uh, this is another program that's been going on for a long time there. And so, if you have a team, if you want to bring over over a medical team, a small team, if you have lawyer, I mean, uh, if you have any nurses or doctors, anything that want to come over and do a do a medical team, that that's something that's actually available. The clinic is really is a big thing there. And as I said on the video, I mean, I wasn't joking. We saved a lot of lives just that small uh, clinic. You imagine being sick. And you just need a small pill, and you can't get that pill to get well. I mean, I know. I, I used to didn't think it was a big deal until I got sick. I, I had malaria. I think the Lord, I mean, he didn't give it to me, but <laughs> I think he let, me, he let me feel what it felt like so I would have compassion. Because used to, I would just see them kids laying out. This is honest true. It could be 115, I've seen it, degrees outside. And you're laying in the sun trying to get warm. And you're shaking with a blanket. That's how this malaria would, would do you. I mean, it's terrible. It's something else. And so once I got it, um, I changed my, my tune, really, uh, <laughs> about the clinic. And I really started to make sure we, we had a lot of good, good meds and keep, keep our clinic stock. But think about that. Keep us in prayer about that. So mobile medicine you know this is these guys when team come out we don't stay at our clinic all the time there's a lot of sickness in the village that, that we actually go to we have that big red truck that was on the previous uh, uh, slide and, and that's what we do we load up and, and we go and set up in an old school or something and then we, we, we actually stay there for the day and treat uh, the people from the villages that come there also okay that's them now. Medical teams is, I think that was the last one there. And not only that, um, that we actually get a chance to talk to them and pray with them. I'm not saying we, we, we lead them to God, but we, we, we do have a lot of, a lot of testimonies. Uh, they do receive prayer. Our clinic is known, they say it's the best clinic in the county. And we get a lot of people, a lot of government people come there for our clinic. And they say uh, our clinic is number one because the drugs come from the U.S. <laughs> but, uh, but it's not. It's because of prayer, I think. Uh, we do pray for them. That's what that lady is doing. Everybody comes in the clinic. You just don't come and walk in. That we, we have a little session with them. And a lot of them have been to the, to the, to the witch doctor. And so that was, that's part of what they do. And so we come there. And so we have to address that issue. We cut off a lot of these, these things, uh, like all from them. And so we get rid of that. And then we pray for them. Then we let them go. And they usually come out very, very, uh, very good and very happy. They always, I mean, they really do. They, they really praise uh, Kent Clinic there. Uh, now, I can't talk about Africa and not talk about witchcraft. So I will tell you, <laughs> I don't want to, but one story. If you don't believe it, this, it, is, it is real. Uh, but if you're child of God and if you cover with the blood, you're okay. But, but it is real. I've seen them. Uh, these things I was telling you about that, that, that we cut off from these people. They have little armbands similar to this that the witch doctor put on them. I threw some in the fire a couple of years ago, and I literally saw them turn into a snake in front of my eyes. And so uh, if 
If you, if you don't, if you haven't seen it or don't think it's true, it is. Believe me, it's taken from a hillbilly. Uh, these things are. So keep us in prayer about that. Uh, next thing. Okay, we've got five minutes. Uh, this is a new church building. Uh, this is a new church that, um, that was raised money that we just finished about a m- month ago. Instead of the old church, the old church, uh, like I say, we didn't have a floor in it. We didn't have anything in it. One of the two of the walls was falling down and it was cheaper just to build a build another church. Now, I, I did oversee that church, but I didn't build it. So if you think <laughs> so, if you're thinking, OK, you build a church anyway. Uh, but but th- that is a new church. That's the outside of it now. It's full already. I wish I'd have, I wish I would have built it bigger. But I didn't. I built it smaller than the other church. And the reason is because I know the Lord is pushing us towards that compound being a training center. And I just didn't want to have a lowest church just for the sake of having a lowest church. And said, oh, Greg, oh, he's he's a pastor. He's got a church of 700 in South Sudan. And one thing I know, after I leave there and didn't build any leadership, that 700 would have been gone the same Sunday I left. And so my thing is to build a small church and pour into these people. Uh, I have 16 boys, and that's what we're doing. And so they're basically training, um, and we're raising them up to be leaders. So when I do go, we can. I mean, uh, the, the the church would still uh, the church would still maintain and move forward. So that's why we didn't. I, I didn't build a, a huge building. But that program is going well. You pray for those boys. There's 16 of them, and they're doing very, very well. They run into church as I speak. Now, when I'm not there, they run it very well. They're young, but, but they, they, they know how to carry on and have church. And a lot of them have been living on the compound with us for, for four or five years. So I have these boys for, for a long time. Uh, that's, the, uh, that's the old church that we broke down. This is a... Uh, the yellow one is that church building. I turned that into assembly hall for the school. Uh, we still use the building. Now uh, we get to actually pour into the kids on Friday. We have 250 registered on this term. I wish I'd have took a picture of our classes and our children now, but the, in the time slot, there, there's no way I could show everything. But we actually get to have prayer in school. We have a church service on Friday mornings. We have assembly line up. And we we go from there. We have um, we we have a word, and then uh, we sing a worship song. We just have a full service, and so that's the purpose of, of, of that building now. And the guest houses. I just finished these two before I come. Um, the, uh, that is those. So if you come now, when I first went there, I lived in a tent for two years. And I think I have a picture of that. So we come a long way. But if you come now, with those other two, we we've, uh, you have a toilet inside. Everything is good. So if you come with a uh, team, you, you have a place to stay, stay on the, on the compound. That one picture is the tent that I lived in the first two years. Uh, the second place, that place looked like it's old, isn't it? But that place was new. I hadn't even finished building it. Uh, that was a mission house when I got married. So uh, the, <laughs> that was our love shack. 
after we went on honeymoon. We went really, literally straight from Marin and went there. So I asked Latoya, I said, now you know what I do. And I live in rough places on the mission field. Oh, yes, no problem. I'll go wherever you go. I said, oh, okay. That's my kind of girl then. Let's, let's go on and do this thing. And so, but I don't think she took it well when she drove up and saw this hall. She didn't, I can assure you. Uh, there's nothing there. It's just one open room. There's no bathroom inside. If you're my age, you remember the outhouses. That's what we had there in South Sudan. But um, uh, we lived there for two years, killed a lot of snakes in this house. Can you imagine? Uh, oh, yeah, a lot of snakes, scorpions, everything. But the Lord had blessed us. We, we've got another house now, finally. Uh, I just finished and moved in this one last year. Yeah, that one is there. That's our new mission house now. And it's, it's good. It's comfortable. Uh, it's very comfortable. We, we actually do have a toilet inside. We have a kitchen. Uh, kitchen inside. We're cooking with gas now. Before, we was cooking with charcoal. Literally cooking with charcoal outside. There was no kitchen. Uh, to cook an egg would take you an hour almost. I mean, really. You have to light charcoal. There was no charcoal lighter. I got good. I would take a black plastic bag from the store. we get these groceries in and light it. And, and when it, that plastic would drip and let it fall on that charcoal, and that's how we would actually light. Then you have to let that get ready, uh, cook food at night. There was no fridge. We'd put it on the floor to try and keep it cool. It was on concrete floor. We did have concrete in it. So what you cook for night, you got up in the morning, you finish it that morning. So we had a tough time starting in 2012. But so we thank God for our, for our new mission house now. So thank you for that. This is Latoya. We had some growth also. You want to tell about you? <laughs> He's tired. <laughs> uh, that's me graduating, like I said. Thank you, Miss Anne, um, for putting me through Bible school. Now I'm able to go to the villages and empower other women, and they can empower other women. Um, God calls the unqualified, but then he qualifies you. Amen? And that's what God done to me. So I'm so grateful for you, Miss Anne. You've really invested in me. A great investment. Amen? And we are just so thankful for this opportunity. I think we have one more slide to show. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And this is the last one. This is just, this is baptism day. Uh, I did accept the role also as a pastor of the church this year. After eight years, I can't preach, but I'm a good pastor. Does that make sense? I'm a good shepherd. I am. I love the people and they love me, but I'm not a great speaker. <laughs> and they know that. We laugh about it and everybody, so we get along good. But uh, we did have a, a big, this is a Christmas Day picture we took. The picture, but before that was baptism. I baptized with my first baptism services were this past Christmas. Uh, we had 25 people on the list. I baptized 140 that day. So... My, so my, 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 my first day out, I baptized a lot of people. I got broke in very well. And so uh, uh, I, th- I think that one is all. That's, that's our compound now. We, we've added some old building. This was, this was last year, but I built some guest houses in the new church. Now, keep in mind, when they give it to us, there was nothing here. Uh, so this is what we managed to accomplish in the, in the eight and a half or nine years of ministry. And I wondered about it, and then I'm done. Why was this place so flat and everything? And I realized I got to talking to people. They were First of all, they was afraid to come over there, anybody afraid of these, this particular tribe. And then I learned, during the Civil War, 
This place was a graveyard. So when the war was over, I was wondering why it was so flat and everything. They have dug big trenches and buried many things there and then flattened it back out. And so they just figured, and you know, a lot of these people was, they was not Christians. Uh, I'm not calling whether, what, whatever they were, but they wasn't. And so they, they didn't mean us good, but still something good, it, it, it did come from, from that. And the last thing is the whale project. This is the whale. One more story and I'm done. This is those two boys that's holding water. I mean, I literally, I took that picture. Uh, this other picture is, is the ladies that's praising. This was a testimony that I got back. These ladies are dancing. When they was going to, to prepare this well, they were saying they were slaughtering an animal, which I've seen them do a hundred times for rain and, and, and drinking water. There had been no rain. We had a very late rain come, even when I was there. So they're having a very late rain, and there was just nothing to drink all in. And so they was praising. The, the men were slaughtering an animal. These ladies was up on the road celebrating that. And then when they heard, I have sent some, uh, I know these people, they have heard that I've sent to have this well repaired, then they start celebrating and actually re- re- rejoicing of that. While the men were slaughtering the animals, they was praising God. They knew what this thing was going to get fixed. And so that's exactly what happened. And some of these ladies, I've told, went directly to the well. That's them there now. And they are actually co- collecting water. So I think the kids, was it the kids' church? Well, thank y'all, the children's church, for raising this money. This is a big deal. Now, this may seem small, but this money is a lot of money here. But those people went for two years without this whale. Can you imagine? And so, uh, and that they was, this is a church plant uh, where this well is at. And so I feel led that we have to go there and, and help those people. I went to the government a hundred times. They kept promising they was going to go and fix a well, but, but they just didn't. All they was doing was, all they was doing was actually talking. And so I thank you, Miss Ann, for, for organizing that forum too. A couple of, oh, the whole church, well, thank y'all. They give, uh, no, thank you. Thank you, thank you. It, it really is, uh, and so, so we, we, we thank you all and thank you for having us. And you want to greet goodbye? <laughs> thank you for having us and God bless you all. Thank you. The Lord received glory and honor. And we are so grateful that the children grab the heart of the mission and the need and that all of you grab the heart of the Lord for this group of of tribesmen and that the women around the well recognized that it was God, not the witch doctor, that provided fresh water for them and that the compassion of Christ was shared And I know that Greg and LaToya will have many opportunities to return to that tribe and share the witness of Jesus Christ. And before we close today, we have an opportunity to bless the McClurkins with a love offering. So ask Holy Spirit, what can I do to serve them and to help them continue to go into all these nations and share the love and compassion of Christ. 
You can make your checks or your donations to Christian Heritage and just put McClurkins in there, and then we will make sure they get it. Thank you. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.